Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Guest host Brendan Escott in the big chair tonight. Dave Campbell back tomorrow. And then we have football Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock kickoff. Elks, Red Blacks, Commonwealth Stadium, the Brick Field. Can they win for the first time in 12 attempts? That's certainly the hope for Chris Jones's side. It is Inside Sports tonight. It's about six after seven here in the Capital Region. And uh, a little later on, we will connect with our our friend and play-by-play man for the Edmonton Oilers here on 630 Chad Cam Moon. But let's head to the gridiron right now and we'll connect with uh, Derek Taylor, who has the play-by-play call of Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But what a gig over the last couple of years that must have been for Derek Taylor uh, for our... Uh, um, uh, from our sister station, CJOB, out in Winnipeg. Derek, you're on with Brendan. How's it going tonight? Good, Brendan. Everything is good. It's great when the team's winning. It makes the job so much easier. So my uh, my bold Levi Mitchell run of winning games as a play-by-play commentator remains intact with a 9-1 and start. I love it. Yeah, you're not doing too bad. The team uh, just roaring out of the gates, and, and we'll get there in a little bit. But to me, the, the headline, Derek, that we need to address right now is is the devastating injury to Nathan Rourke. I mean, I, I just I thought this kid was doing so much good for the league as a whole and and watching what he was doing for the Lions team and then you see him and and a Liz Frank injury uh, a football fan or a sports fan knows like that spells uh, trouble typically so what was your reaction when you found out Rourke was going to hit the sidelines for a long period of time oh remember remember what it was what ACL injuries were in like the 80s you went oh no that's awful like that's that's sort of what Liz Frank is right now because we've seen it you know, incapacitate guys for long periods of time because the bones and the ligaments in the foot are so, they're so fickle and you just don't know how, how bad one is. So when I saw it, I thought, well, there's, there's the best story in the Canadian Football League. There's the guy who through half the season was the MOP of the CFL, despite, you know, having a slightly worse record than the Bombers. Nathan Rourke to me was, was by far the MOP of the Canadian Football League. Uh, and a lot of it was, well, there go one of the three true contenders in the league. Like, as I look at it, Winnipeg, B.C., and Calgary were uh, a step above everybody else in the Canadian Football League. And one of those being, in, in my mind, done. We're now down to just Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, it's, it, it just hurt because, honestly, I was looking forward to a West final that would have involved potentially the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So in his place comes another Canadian quarterback, Michael O'Connor, former uh, UBC Thunderbirds. So those in Vancouver will be uh, maybe more familiar with him. A one-time Penn uh, Penn State recruit, Derek. So there's got to be some pedigree there. What do we know about this player and his ability to step up? He's a big body. He's, uh, you know, more of what you would think. When you think of a prototypical you know, professional quarterback, how that, how that th- th- phrase gets thrown around to guys who are big and can stand in the pocket and, t- and take it. That's, that's probably what we're likely to get with, with Michael O'Connor. We haven't seen him much at all this season, of course, except for, you know, wash-up time because, I mean, Nathan Rourke put his team out the 40-point leads and, you know, 20-point wins and stuff like that. So we, we, we just haven't seen a ton. But the thing we, I think we can kind of infer from all this is, 
when we were looking at Rourke's season, we were trying to think of the young quarterback who'd had a season like this since Doug Flutie left the Canadian Football League. And, and honestly, me and my friends couldn't come up with anything. So you go, whatever Michael O'Connor is, it's not going to be anywhere in the ballpark of, of Nathan Rourke. He's, he comes into an offense that is absolutely flying. Uh, a lot of that goes to Rourke, but, I mean, has some pieces of a line that is holding up, a running back that can, can, can get some yards, and four American and a Canadian receiver that are absolutely killing it, that can catch balls on any defense. So the pieces are set for O'Connor to be his best, but is his best Nathan Rourke level? Is it... Is he, is he, you know, Taylor Cornelius without the ability to scramble like Cornelius and run the ball like that? Is it something else? Uh, I just, I, you just can't believe that it's going to be Nathan Rourke because, you know, that's a once in 30 years type of player. You had a great tweet, Derek, the other day. I think it might have been yesterday, just referencing like the quarterback play in the rest of the league and its ability to produce touchdowns versus just Caleros and Rourke. Why don't you, uh, why don't you fill me in on that? Yeah, I just wanted to go looking because when I, the MLP race was Rourke, Kalaros, and a bunch of other people, seven other candidates were going to get blown out in, in that race. So I just went, said, you know what, I'm going to take out Rourke's stats, I'm going to take out Kalaros' stats and see where we are with the quarterbacks. So the rest of the quarterbacks and anybody who's thrown a pass in the Canadian Football League this season has 70 touchdowns and 73 interceptions. So three more interceptions than touchdowns. Rourke was 25 and eight. Kalaris was 17 and eight. So those two guys, 42 touchdowns and 16 picks. The rest of the league, 70 touchdowns and 73 interceptions. And I looked at that and went, okay, that's actually reflective of where I think we are with quarterback play in this league. Once Jeremiah Masoli went down early in the season, to me that took the third best quarterback out of play. Bo Levi Mitchell in Calgary has not bounced back to his 2018 style and, and gets benched this week. Uh, and, you know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I just don't know what he is in Toronto. And then a lot of the younger guys who, who had these opportunities, Dane Evans, Caleb Evans, just have not come to the fore at all. So uh, it, it emphasizes to me, one, we're in kind of a bad state of quarterbacking in the Canadian Football League, and two, how important Nathan Rourke was to all that quarterbacking talent. Like we felt pretty good about it for uh, the season so far because Rourke allowed us to kind of gloss over what I guess essentially seven other teams are dealing with apart from BC and the Bombers. Chatting with Derek Taylor right now. He's the voice of the Bombers on CJOB 680 in Winnipeg. Uh, Derek, Bo Levi Mitchell tweeting his frustrations with the stamps and he's 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 a quarterback who as a part of the western group of quarterbacks you know making up for some of the better quarterback play in the first half of this season but maybe not so much recently and certainly not in the eyes of dave dickinson so now we have a situation where the stampeders even having won two of three games are turning to jake Mayer, who came on last week against toronto and he will now start Mayer will against the bombers this week in what i would consider calgary's biggest game of the season so opportunity ripe for them to start making some hay in the standings given that they're behind bc derek but they're looking to their backup now to get that done yeah and i thought it was curious i thought on one day of practice like they're on a bit of a short turnaround so they literally had one day of practice they're going to mayor i i looked at the schedule and thought oh why would you wait till labor day in the rematch right you get you know not the two-time defending Grey Cup champions, you would get the Edmonton Elks and you'd get a chance to, to give Mayer a little more time in advance of that. But 
Uh, Dave Dickinson must see something either in Mitchell that's not there or in Mayer that definitely is there. The, the thing about Mayer is when we saw him last season, he really stood out from other young quarterbacks in his, I'm going to go out there and I made some mistakes. Cool. I'm going to go back out and keep firing the ball. I'm just going to keep firing the ball. It was, it, it was his just desire to just move the ball down the field and not be afraid of anything. Oh, his pass rush is going to kill me. Let me slide out and hammer the ball down the field and see what happens. It's been, it's been super impressive. And honestly, um, there's a point where kind of anything is better than what this offense was with Bodie by Mitchell. I can't put it all on Mitchell. I mean, his completion percentage versus expected is not particularly good. His just raw accuracy this season has not been great. But, man, just drop after drop after drop from receivers who it's just very clear, one, are struggling on their own, and two, are just not on the same page with Bowie in any fashion. That the the more I think about it, the more I get why Dickinson, you know, throws Jake Mayer to the wolves, as it were, against, you know, the top defense in the Canadian Football League and the top team in the CFL. And obviously, like the coaches put the best chance in their mind to win that week out on the field. And even though, as I say, it seems like this would be the first week where they're really, okay, now we've got a chance at chasing down BC here. And it's still the younger the guy that they go to in this. And, and not only like it just any game, but it's against the 9-1 and one Bombers too. Mm-hmm. Amid some injury are still the class of the league. And they're coming off a of bye week. Right, which is which is that much. The Bombers had a full week of practice for the first time in in quite some time after playing ten straight games. It's it's an interesting decision, but I mean, I don't I don't believe in any way. I don't know Jake Mayer from a hole in the ground, but watching him play, I don't believe he's going to be phased by it at all. He played a game in when Bo was hurt last season. Was it week four? He played a game against the Bombers and you know went out and, and did did his thing. Ultimately, the Bombers win that game, a low scoring game. But uh, Mayer did his thing, so he he has no reason to particularly be afraid of them. And I mean, honestly, Winnipeg is a defense that, while they they have some imposing forces, uh, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, and Ian Casey Sales doing great things in the interior, Big Hill and company in that linebacking core. It's a team that's going to give up some yards. So maybe there's part of, of of why they're going for it now. Like. The, the Bombers give up yards in the pass game, you know, between the 20s like it's going out of style. They then turn you over or make you kick field goals, as, as was kind of the part of the first game uh, between the two teams. But, uh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's going to be something to see tomorrow. And, I can't honestly, I can't wait for it because the Bombers have some redeeming of themselves to do after two lesser games against Montreal. And Calgary, yeah, I mean, they have every opportunity now to chase down the BC Lions, who are two wins ahead of them in the standings, uh, before they even get the games with the with the Lions. So uh, yeah, this is this is an impressive one. We'll get to the Elks in a minute, I promise, for everyone listening here in Edmonton. But uh, being that we have the voice of the Bombers on the line in Derek Taylor, just a couple more thoughts from you on what exactly has gone into yet another successful season for Winnipeg. Like, this is the team for a few years now that's had the target on its back. It's got the personnel, but it's got other guys stepping up. And I'm looking right at Dalton Schoen, for example, and, <laughs> and, and as a guy. Like, it's hard to believe that I'm saying that, right? But he's part of the reason why this team is still successful this year well when i looked at the bombers receiving core leading into the season and started comparing it around the league i thought 
this is probably the seventh best receiving core in the Canadian Football League because there were there were a ton of questions like Kenny Lawler out to Edmonton, Greg Ellingson comes in. So I was like, I thought, okay, well that's great because Ellingson's a, Ellingson's a one still at this point in his career. Uh, Drew Altarski, he's that wide side wide receiver. He'll catch 30 balls this year. Nick Yeski is, is an absolute weapon and he's on the inside, but. They're moving Rasheed Bailey to a new position, and they've lost Darvin Adams. So there was a guy who was consistently one of the deepest targeted receivers in the Canadian Football League. So I thought this one is about this is about seventh, about seventh. But Dalton Schoen from Kansas State and essentially out of nowhere to the CFL uh, just absolutely changed everything from from minute one of the first game, like. The first game against Ottawa, he fumbles the ball and gets his head popped off by Sherrod Baltimore. And we thought, oh, there's a rookie. Oh, boy. Well, Rick, what are you going to do with that? He comes back to catch important passes in that game. He's, he and Zach seem to have a, a real mental connection on any scramble drill plays. It's, it's super impressive. I, I don't think their receiving core is, is overwhelmingly good, speaking of the Bombers. And they certainly had problems with, the, with their health. But... Man, Dalton Schoen, for, for a young guy, like for Edmonton fans, if you remember when uh, when Zilstra popped on the scene in, what, 2016-17, yeah. it's not that good, but it's, it's, it's along those lines of that big an impact. All right, one more question here for Derek Taylor from CJOB out in Winnipeg. You're, you're looking out here at the Edmonton Elks, and what a bizarre and, and frustrating season it's been for this team yet to win on home field, but they've they've actually cobbled together a 3-7 and seven record. So uh, taking advantage of Ottawa last week, are you seeing some week-to-week progress out of Chris Jones's group? I... No. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I was talking with uh, our, our colleague, Mark Steva down in Calgary. He's been down for the game to call it for CHQR. And I, I like the Chris Jones is just shuttling players in and out. And uh, we we're talking about, hey, Charles Nelson was a receiver and he's a running back and he was a safety and they moved him everywhere. And Jerron Carter was a safety and he's a corner, but he's really a receiver, but he's in his 30s. And, and there's there's just a lot of trying stuff out from uh, from Chris Jones. And one thing he had in his first year when he went to Saskatchewan from Edmonton, he got Willie Jefferson back from the NFL. And when you looked at that and you went, okay, that was a 5-13 and 13 season, but oh my goodness, this guy is going to be a force. I still haven't seen that player that Jones has brought in uh, to Edmonton. Like, there are, there are players I would kill to have on my team. Jake Serezna, I would kill to have on my team. Uh, Nafiz Lyon, I would throw dudes out the door if Nafiz Lyon would switch and play, you know, corner for, for my team. There's players that I like a lot. Uh, I, I like that he brought back Manny Arsenal, but, but ultimately I just haven't seen any player who sticks out as Jones found him and he's going to be a long-term answer in this league. And, and maybe that's why, honestly, he keeps looking and he keeps, Akeem Butler's in for a game, Akeem Butler's gone. And, uh, we bring in this guy, he's out two days later, th- things like that. Kyle Loxley, he might play every position, and, you know, like the <laughs> baseball player who plays all nine positions. I might do that for us. What the heck? Let's give it a try. I kind of respect the experimentation, but at some point, just find a player who fits the hole instead of taking a, a rejected great athlete who has had five years in the league and, and slap him somewhere else. Just go find a guy. Just go find somebody. So I, I think there's probably dividends that will be paid from the pain of this season when they approach 2023. But as of yet, I don't see it. And, oh, my goodness, they, just, they have to find a quarterback. They just have to find a quarterback. I've seen Cornelius. I've seen it. 
I've lived it. I've experienced it. It can't. It doesn't work. Just just go on to somebody else. Give Kai Loxley a shot at quarterback. Just just come on. Come on. <laughs> Derek, appreciate the insight tonight, man. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Derek Taylor from CJOB, our sister station out in Winnipeg. He's the voice of the Bombers. You're listening to Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're back in a moment. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, former Edmonton Elk, well, Edmonton Eskimo, of course. The Elks franchise now heading into battle against Ottawa on Saturday, right here on 6.30, Chad, a 5 o'clock kickoff, 3.30 for your countdown show. You just heard from Derek Taylor. That was a pleasant chat. Still to come, Cam Moon, a pleasant person, generally speaking. It's always nice to chat with him. A little bit of Oilers, a little bit of Elks, and a little bit of Blue Jays coming up after this next newscast. But 780-496-0063, Brandon from Windsor texting in a little earlier on he said 100% he's going all in on the Oilers acquiring Patrick Kane next three seasons are the years that you take the swings with your first round pick they have enough in the pipeline for the immediate future a shutdown defenseman easy enough to get come trade deadline if needed I don't disagree with that logic, Brandon from Windsor. I mean we've seen it time and again guys like Ben Sherratt end up being available at the trade deadline and sometimes it works out and in cases of guys like Ben Sherratt last year for example it doesn't necessarily work out and Florida's kind of left holding the bag as a uh, were they a first round exit in the playoffs after finishing as the president's trophy winners or did they yeah they didn't they lose to Tampa so that's that's tough right that's tough you don't want to end up being in a, a situation where you're now in the third year of giving away your first round pick and it still hasn't hit so if you're going to put a package together and get a nice rental player to try and nudge this oilers thing over the over the finish line and get a stanley cup back to town maybe it's got to be for a guy like patrick kane appreciate the text brandon rocket it's got a text here too Ken Holland laying everything out as best he could for years now. To date, he has lived up big time. Where there's smoke, there's some fire on Patrick Kane. Well, that remains to be seen, Rocket, but I sure hope that they're going to consider it. Sounds like they might. More on that with Cam Moon coming up after this next global news weather traffic update. Thomas Dias.